tuned in to All Things Music, presented by Liquid Sound Records. Here are your hosts, Ryan Katz and Ian Illyrian. What is going on? We are here with Anthony from After the Burial. How you doing, man? Hey, how's it going? Good. You've got, we just talked about this, three shows, three cities, two shows, two, I don't know, not good at math. Three... Days left. Three days two left. Two cities. How's tw- how was tour? I guess I can say by now. Uh, it's been easy. Yeah, I have no complaints. Super easy. It's always interesting when whether it's your act asked to be on a package of of a first time headliner. I know the the guys and gals in Spirit Box are not uh, inexperienced by any means, so it's not like it's not the same as a band really going on their first headlining tour. But has that has it been very smooth the whole time? It's like it's been. Super easy. Poo, super like, easy. Yeah. And I know you guys are road warriors because you're on like, I mean, every time I turn around, there's another tour package with After the Burial on it. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, that's great, right? That that's what you that's what you want to do is play for people. Or does it get a little bit like, okay, it's time to take a chill pill, but you can't kind of thing. Um, I don't know. Like in the past, it feels like that, but now it's like our tours are so spread out nowadays. It's just. You know, like we don't, we're not back on tour until the fall yeah. after this one. So, so you get the, the whole summer to enjoy yourself, summer, yeah. which is great. You gonna write? Yep. Because I know you had two songs that just recently came out. Yep. Uh, God, dude, I fucking memorized the titles because I know the songs. I memorized yeah. them, and I'm like, nothing, nothing gold, gold yeah. and death keeps us keeps from us living. from living. Thank you. Yeah. Um, noticed a couple of different things on those tracks that, you know, when bands come out with like singles, kind of randomly, you're like, as a consumer, you're you're analyzing it, you're like okay is this what the new album's gonna sound like yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. uh noticed there's a lot not a lot more because it's nuanced but there's definitely some more melodic parts than i'm used to and the uh death will keep us from living song has some really cool like is gonna sound weird because it's not normal for after the burial but some blackened style at least in some of the guitar parts some of the sweeps and things like that i mm-hmm. noticed it's very like more sinister sound in, at least in that one so yeah. tell me about those tracks um you know they were those tracks were written like in 2020 oh wow um and we had them just kind of sitting in our pockets so i think you know it had been four years since we put out any music so we kind of just were like hey let's just slide these tracks out right now you know to give some some sort of new music for people and then you know we're going to be writing in the summer so if what you're asking me is is the record going to sound like those two tracks (laughs) i have no clue what the record's going to sound like yeah it's just like you know those just tracks just happen to sound the way they sound and i don't know what the rest of the album's going to sound like trent has some ideas up his sleeve and we've talked a lot about the new record on this tour specifically and um, I'm just kind of waiting and seeing with him, you know, kind of sure. see where we're where we're gonna go. Um, but as far as those two tracks, I don't, it doesn't mean anything. Like those are just two tracks we released. Has that always been that way for as long as you've been in the band, where you might write some singles and you're not methodically thinking, okay, this is where we're gonna go in this direction. It's more of like, well, let's just write some singles and whatever comes out is great. Because I know, at least in bands I've been in, I know some other bands I've talked to. Some bands treat it more of like a methodical approach where like, I got to release singles that are going to sound so similar to the album. And some bands, maybe like After the Burial, don't really think that way. I'm curious. Yeah, no, we just, um, listen, like we write what we 
what we want to hear. If we like the song, we're going to finish it and record it and, and track it. And, um, you know, that's just, we just like what we like. We we're not, we have no intentions with any of our music when we're, at least as far as I'm concerned, like, you know, there's no intention when we write these songs. It's just like, hey, does this sound good? Yes, this sounds good to me. You know, like, so we just put the songs out. So there's no, like, um, there's no, like, method or, like, guidelines. No calculation yeah. to it. Interesting. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. I, I have this weird brain of mine where when I'm writing, and I it might just me that be the the managerial aspect of me, is is I, I always think about what's... What does what's the consumer gonna think, right? Right, right. And I guess when you get to a certain level, like after the burial is, and many other bands are, it might become a little more stress-free to not really worry about. I mean, there's a little bit of pandering that goes on in any band, right? You you don't want to all of a sudden make polka music, but it becomes a little more laissez-faire as far as writing for yourself, right? And, and that might be a little bit more freeing and, and get the creative juices flowing a little bit more. Yeah, I think you know for us. Um that's just what's worked for us lately is writing for ourselves. Like when I start thinking about what the fans want mm -hmm. and what, like what I think people want, I feel like that's when we lose ourselves. Like we end up doing something that isn't genuine to after the burial to ourselves. And then the fans listen to it and they go, that's not genuine. And they can, they can like kind of read between, sure. Like see through it. You oh know yeah. What I mean? so. Yeah. Do you, you know, with, with a nice trail off of that is, is in your spare time, when you're off tour or even when you're on tour because i know some bands do and some bands don't do you like to listen to a lot of other bands in the scene or is it just so exhaustive that maybe you listen to something else entirely when you're not you know just for pleasure i don't listen to it. it's very very rare to catch me listening to metal um before this tour started i was listening to a ton of gojira mm -hmm. um, which is very rare i listen to a lot of hip-hop the reason I don't listen to metal, especially our peers, people that are in the same scene, is I don't want to accidentally be influenced by these people. So Great I don't want to, you know, like hear this, like the latest bands that are coming out that are doing well and then try to mimic that. That's just like, that's just not something I feel comfortable doing. And, and it's nothing, it's something that After the Burial's never done. So it's just, it's not, it's not our way of going about things. Sure. And that's, Honestly, I can say just by talking to a lot of bands, it's kind of rare, uh, and it's a good thing that it's rare. There's a lot of bands, myself included, I fall into this trap, where I'll listen to so many artists come out with things, and I'll hear, I play guitar, and I'll hear a guitar part, and I'll go, I want to like incorporate that in my yeah. own sound. And yeah, there's some pros to that, because you discover something new, but at the same time, maybe I'm pigeonholing myself into, into a spot because I'm trying to force that sound rather than just be creative. I think a lot of bands have lost that... Everybody's trying to play the game, right? right Everybody's right, trying yeah. to be the most popular, get on the most reaction channels, mm -hmm. get the most monthly listeners. And because of that, and that's just the nature of, of the business, right? right, There's, right. I'm not faulting any one band no. for, for doing that. Um, but because of everybody having to play the game, I think a lot of bands have lost just doing whatever the fuck they want and just being their own creative and and i think the bands that do do whatever they want honestly they're the ones that are that are on these tours and that are headlining and that are doing crazy things because that's what sets them apart from everybody else right yeah that's it's you know it's like you can totally debate that you know like whether or not um you know these bands are you know it's like you don't know what works but i know what works 
for us. Yes. And that's what works for us. You wouldn't be uh, here if, so, it would, if it didn't work that yeah. way before. So totally understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So are you, I know the band is based in Minnesota. Were you in Minnesota as well or did you grow up somewhere else? No, I grew up in California. California, yeah. okay. So, I've never lived in Minnesota, even though I've spent so much time there. Minnesota is like a home away from home for me. And what I was going to ask is, and, and I'm this, this is the kind of person I am, and, and I know some people are the same, but I draw a lot of my muse from the weather. Mm-hmm. And Minnesota has maybe a month of summer. Yeah. And generally speaking, when I'm writing, whether it's darker or angstier or heavy kind of music, it comes out a lot more naturally in kind of shitty climates and in, in yeah. shitty environments. Mm-hmm. And since you do spend a lot of time in Minnesota, does does that necessarily vibe with you, or can you kind of just do it in any environment? Because I am jealous of that, if, <laughs> yeah. if so. I don't need to have shitty weather no. to feel like shit. <laughs> it, <laughs> it could just hit me sometimes. What a quote. Yeah. Oh, my um, God. So, yeah, like, uh, you know, that sometimes that happens to me. Um, and, you know, like, uh, yeah, like, I just, uh, you know, I don't, I just write about what I'm feeling at the time and in the moment. So, like, you know. If something's been bothering me, you know, like, you know, like nothing gold and death keeps us from living. Actually, you know, I take it back. Nothing gold was written in New Jersey hmm. in the winter. And it was very like, New Jersey winters are. Yeah, it yeah. was pretty, pretty uh, no sunshine. desolate outside yeah. and gray. And, <laughs> you know, it kind of set the vibe for that song. But, you know, I live in Florida now, so it's like all sunshine and you know yes sandy beaches and i have an issue there because my dad lives in florida as well i don't know where, where you're about but he lives in a uh, estero so south of fort myers and okay i'm in st pete uh, okay yeah not not too far two hours north and uh when i'm down there it it's weird i don't know this could just be a psychology thing for me but like if i get in the car roll my windows down the last thing i want to do is listen to brutal music yeah. like i'm like turn on the reggaeton turn on the hip-hop yeah, yeah, turn on yeah. the emo rap mm-hmm. and just vibe yeah and so it's crazy because they're, at the same time, there are so many bands from Florida that are heavy. I mean, you could look at the old bands like Deicide, Cannibal Corpse, or the new bands like Day to Remember and, and Wage War. And I'm always like, how do they get, how do they get those vibes? Because like you just said, with Nothing Gold, you were in desolate New Jersey. And it, it, there is something to be said about that. Yeah. Well, you know, some people, listen, I have friends that, that come out and visit me in Florida and they're like, Oh, I love it here. It's fucking beautiful. <laughs> and I have an- other groups of friends that come here like, it's too fucking hot. Yeah. Fuck this place. Fuck Florida. Like, you know, so some people hate it, you know, <laughs> and uh, it's one of them. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, so some people hate it. So I'm, maybe maybe that's where they get their energy from. Or maybe they're just, you know, maybe they're just able to adapt and like kind of yes. like step outside of themselves and turn in. You know, like when I write some songs, I'm it's coming from a point of view from someone that doesn't exist and what i mean by that is is i'll pretend that i'm someone or something else when i'm writing the song interesting and then i write from that person or from that perspective or that point of view and and that that actually was going to be my follow-up because for writing as long as you have um it it might you're not saying it would but it might get to a point where you yourself might run out of things to write about yourself you yeah. might have covered all the chapters yeah and you got to get a little bit creative and and maybe draw from as you say maybe pretending to be someone else or maybe it's somebody you know yeah or maybe it's not even someone you know maybe it's just a fictional character and it's almost like being an author i think that's that's a really unique trait a lot of writers aren't able to do 
Yeah, um, you know, I've done it before, and you know, certain songs I took that approach. Um, you know, "Behold the Crown" was written was written from a book that I read, was inspired by a book I read, um, and you know, um, so yeah, there's like you know, there's always that you know, like where you can try to just change and like nothing gold like that song was written i pretended i was something else like when i wrote that song hmm. so you know i have this point of view of someone that just kind of has given up on life and that's not where i am i haven't given i i really enjoy my life but you know to get in that mindset it's like it's the same thing like when i'm like right now it's like i'm me it's like i'm anthony like but when i step out on stage i'm a different version of myself i'm not exactly me i'm like this more outspoken um extroverted yeah extroverted yeah. and really like i'm more shy and i'm more calm and i'm very reserved you know like behind so kind the of scenes. A di dichotomy of yeah yeah mm -hmm. and it's almost like method acting it's yeah like for for like the one thing i always take my when i hear method acting i think of jack nicholas and in, in the yeah and Mickelson and in the in the shining and you you see like he's fine right and then all of a sudden they say action and he's working himself up to be a serial killer yeah and uh that's that's a, that's honestly like a powerful almost magical thing to be able to do and i'm positive that there are frontmen and vocalists that are kind of the same person all the time and to be able to ha harness almost like an alter ego I did, is that something you learned immediately or is that something that just kind of came on through time? <clears throat> yeah, it took, it took me a while to figure it out. Like, you know, when I first joined this band, like I was trying to be something that I wasn't on stage. Hmm. Like I, I, you know, admit that a hundred percent. I just didn't know what I was really supposed to do or where I was, who I really was on stage until about like 2016, honestly. And then I was like, fuck this i was like i'm just gonna be a version of me and that's all i know how to be so um you know literally on this tour like a few weeks ago i was talking like we i was warming up backstage and it was just one of those shows every every musician has it and has these shows and they're they're lying if they tell you otherwise sometimes there's days where you get out there and you do not want to be on stage yeah. like you just you're gassed out you're exhausted or you feel like shit and I was like sitting there side stage and I'm like stretching, warming up my voice and I'm going, oh shit, I'm so tired. And I, I forget who I was with. I was, I think I was like talking to our tour manager and I was like, I was like, all right, well, and just like that, I'm going to turn into something else. And the song starts and sure enough, I walk out on stage and I, you just, you just turn it, you, you turn into something else. You, you, the show must go on and you give the fans what they want. It's like, just because I have personal something maybe not personal but you know maybe i'm tired or whatever it's what it, you know it's like suck it up these yeah. people are here for a show and that's exactly what they're gonna get yeah and you know it's it, it harkens back to an interview i had earlier this week we talked to Corey taylor from slipknot mm -hmm. and he was telling me the same thing about uh set and how he doesn't like playing the song wait for bleed he it's it's Wait and bleed, sorry, and and it's like their most popular song, but right. he, they got to play it every fucking tour. And but he says, and I said, well, why don't you just take it out? And he says, well, you know, the fans, it's the fans' unique experience. Right. Maybe it's their first time ever seeing Slipknot. Maybe right. it's their first time ever seeing After the Burial. Yep. So, as much as it might grind our gears to do the same thing over and over, or to even just go out there on a night where we're not feeling it, there might be somebody in the crowd who spent every last dime to to see 
you guys perform and it it means much much more than probably we could ever feel just because of what they've dedicated just to have one perfect night right right, right so yeah. even if that's not the case even if everybody's you know out here casually just having a great time it's still you know they say it in any in any nine to five but it's part of the job you yeah, know it's yeah. part, you gotta go it to really work. is yeah. yeah yeah so um i gotta ask you this because this is I'm, are you a video game fan uh yes okay so i'm in a band called kill streak we deathcore we make songs about video games okay and cool i want to know and if, if it's already one we've covered then no worries but if we had to write a song about a certain one of your favorite video games what would that be oh man Oh, you know what? I feel lately that, like, video games, like, I play on PC. So, right. like, I'm, like, an old gamer. Any like, era's good. Yeah, like, I'm an old gamer. And, like, I just feel like lately, like, all the games kind of suck. Yeah. Um, like, there's nothing out there, like, that really, like, like, the biggest game I played in a long time was, like, you know, I, I used to play World of Warcraft a bunch. Sure. Like, back when like burning crusade was out and like wrath of the lynch and that's an addicting game it's super addicting and you know i played um i played PUBG. I i grew up on counter-strike 1.6 that was like my jam for which uh, which one was that that was uh was that the i, I played one counter-strike for and it was for xbox original i might have been the sim- no, way before way before yeah, okay way before okay yeah. i probably got a few years on you yeah maybe but uh <laughs> but yeah so like you know i guess now Ugh. I don't even like In Elden Ring at all? No. No, I really. That's I'm the one game that I talked to everybody and they're like, I love that game. I know. See, I'm a I'm always ever since I started playing video games online, I've always I've always been like a PvP guy. Okay. Player versus player. Yeah, yeah. So like I was always in like the first person shooters and stuff and um you know, like I played PUBG a bunch. Um I was playing Warzone for a while, but then they just did like the 2.0. It always like it gets sucks. old, and they always they always take yeah. a great. I'm sorry, Activision, I love you guys, but they always take a great product, and and then you know after a while they're like, we got to do something with it, and mm-hmm. it always ends up being worse than what we want. Well, it's because they're <laughs> all, they're they're stuck in that antiquated like rinse and repeat sort of thing. It's yeah. like, oh, here's here's Call of Duty, and then next year, here's Call of Duty 1, here's Call of Duty 2. It's just 2. different skins, different it's maps, but it's the shit. same game. It's the same shit. Absolutely, and, and so. that's why we, as fans of the franchise, are like, we always want the next Modern Warfare 2. Mm-hmm. And I think they try so hard to do that. And you could hearken that back to bands, right? Yeah. The, there's every band, every big band has one album that's the staple album. Right, yeah. And all the fans are like, we just want that part too. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's foolish because that, that exists for that reason. Yeah. And if you want that, go listen to that. But uh, it, it's the same with games. It's the same with so many things where I don't know what it is. I, I'm really interested in con- consumer psychology with that kind of thing that we're, as humans, we're not very open to new ideas. But then down the line, those new ideas become old ideas and we love them. Right. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it doesn't, it's feel like you'll never win, you know, it's no. like the people are like, oh, we want, like what you said, like, oh, we want that version of that band, you know, that, give us more of that album, then you give them more of that album, and then they're like, oh, everything sounds the same, why don't you guys try yep. something new, then you try something new, like, oh, you guys are sellouts. Yeah. So, that's why I just go, hey, I don't think about what the fans want, like, After the Burial is going to write what we want. If you came out with another song that had 
twice as many pinch harmonics as Behold the Crown, people would be like, oh, they're just, you know, copycatting their old music. And yeah. yeah, it's 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 really, a, and I, I think that harkens back to the thesis of what we started is writing for you is so important. Maybe game developers could think about that too. Yeah, like, you know, develop a game that they would enjoy the, yeah. playing, you know. And but. maybe we'll like it, and if we don't, and I understand those kind of things, it's stupid money to make. So yeah. that is another factor. There's two games, I think, coming out, hopefully within the next couple of years, that I think could be, like, the next big game, you okay. know, like, and I think, you know, Riot is making, like, a League of Legends MMO that oh, wow. I know of, and that could be huge, because that company just does things correctly, and then I think Grand Theft Auto 6 could be, like, a huge game. We've been waiting for that for how long? Like, 50 years. It seems like that, <laughs> and it's it's one of those uh, open world games, too, and yeah. it's like, whenever there's a game that's open world... Uh, what what is that uh, that that space game No Man's Sky? Oh yeah, yeah. It, you get so hyped for it, and you're like, yeah, this is gonna be so sick, and it never turns out to be as sick as you think it's gonna be. Well, I agree with you, but Rockstar is pretty damn good at developing a game, so it may take them a long time. But I mean, you go on Twitch right now, and like you look at like the top streaming games. And number one is just chatting, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then number two is Grand Theft Auto Five, which is and it's know, so old now. All, it, yeah, but I know that it's all modded out. Right. You know, they got the um, you know, the, the big RP servers, which is a big reason why that game is so popular. But I wonder if they're gonna take that, you know, that um, that uh, role playing aspect of the game that's kept that game so popular, and I wonder if I wonder if they'll implement it into the new version. I'm curious. It's interesting because if you talk about an open world game like that and you talk about the role playing aspect cuz you're, you know, your character A and you go and do all of these side quests and all these things. Mm-hmm. I feel like the the amount of data and servers you would need to have a role play in because you can't have role play just for a small part of the map. Right. You, you need it to expand the whole thing. Yeah. Maybe that's why it's taking so fucking long. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I would. Uh, and if I was you guys, because you guys have more clout than, than than my band at least, and this is a goal for my band, but I'd be hitting up the label and being like, "Hey, man, these uh, music supervisors got to get us on, get oh, us yeah, on the soundtrack." On the radio? Yeah, yeah, that just would like, be the, that'd that be would, so sick. I'd be pretty stoked on yeah, that absolutely. for sure. Um, so you are said you were touring in the fall, correct? Yep. Is that package announced? Yes. What is that package? That is motionless, motionless and white. It's that one. Knocked That's the one. Loose, knocked loose. Us and Alpha Wolf. And it, and I'm sorry, folks. It is semi my fault that that is not coming to Cleveland. Um, I did some helping with booking Incarceration Festival this year in in Mansfield, Ohio, mm. and uh, I pitch all kinds of bands, including you guys. Yeah. Um, Motionless was accepted, and radius clauses are the way they are, and yep. that awesome, amazing tour package is not coming to Cleveland. Womp, womp. Mm-hmm. But that's going to be interesting, because that... And, and you're starting to see it in the metal world, and you're also starting to see it outside the metal world. And I'm hoping this becomes a trend where bands aren't only taking out bands that sound just like them. Yeah. you're you're see, I mean, Coachella with Knock Loose is, is the most extreme example. That, that was... Amazing to see like Billie Eilish rock out to Knock Loose, and even this tour is is you know Spirit Box and After the Burial definitely share some similarities, but it's not the same fan bases. No, um, Motionless and White and Knock Loose and and it's 
it's a very large group of metal fans. Some fans that like more proggy, genty. Some fans that are more into the scene, mm-hmm. you know, element. And that's what I loved about Warp Tour when it was going on because yeah. you had just the the demographics were amazing, and mm-hmm. you get into bands. I'm not the biggest fan of pop punk, but I discovered so many pop punk bands at Warp Tour that I was like, this is pretty fucking cool, right? Mm-hmm. So, do you think that? We're going to continue in that trend. Do you think it'll get even better? I, I want, I personally, if I was if I was a headliner, if I had the ability to make a tour package, I understand there's a lot of risk involved, but I would love to have. You, they used to do this with new metal in the '90s, metal and and hip hop yeah. touring together. Yeah. It just seems like a no brainer. Yeah, is that something you would want to do? I mean, I'm open for anything. You know, as long as it works. You know, I love hip hop, so like, you know, that sounds awesome to me. But it's just. I don't know. I just, I wonder, like, if that could work, like, when I think about After the Burial, playing with a hip-hop artist. Who are some of your favorites? I mean, I love ASAP Rocky. I love Kendrick. I mean, J. Cole. um, Shit. I could just keep going. You know what I mean? Do you ever, ever, like, sit in the booth and you're like, I I like to adopt some of my flow like maybe some hip-hop elements into your flow it's something that i really enjoy and a lot of these newer bands are starting to do it in metal is adding a lot of hip-hop influence some trap influence some just different kind of you know bars and things of that nature and it really works well well you know when after the burial like before we get on stage it's all hip-hop we're listening to like that's what we listen to to like get warmed up hyped up they call it the power hour um, you know, so like dig deep was all written, like based off of hip hop, like Trent listens to hip hop a ton, you know? So like, and I'm, I listen to hip hop a lot because their vocals are the best. They have the it's best vocals. Amazing. They have the most, you know, like thoughtful ways of saying something or just like super creative. And it's like, I'm whenever time I listen to hip hop, I'm always like studying it and like, you know, trying to, you know, why did they do that? And why did they go this way with that? And why did they use that pattern? And how? Why did they break it up? Like you know what I'm saying? And ad libs and, mm-hmm. and enunciations and mm-hmm. you can probably draw inspiration from from because scre- screaming is atonal, just like rapping. And right. there's a lot of you know nuance to. Uh, obviously, I'm I'm being very general here. There is some hip hop that's very monotonal and uh, you know not as flowy as as we would like. But some of these artists with just just you know, different enunciations on the different words. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's ways to really draw from that in your own music, and maybe that in itself is kind of a homage to what you enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Cool, cool. Um, well, I think that's all I've got for today, but I, I want to kind of get out of your way. It looks like you guys are going to start to set up and all that but i i appreciate you coming on um yeah can you tell me it. besides the tour in the fall you said you are hitting the studio in the summer or are you just writing in the summer we're just writing in the summer uh studio so right after that fall tour we go like two weeks off straight into the studio wow so i have two weeks off the rest of the guys don't i think they have like a week off only reason I have two weeks off is because my daughter's birthday falls in that two oh, week. Okay, oh, that's jump. great. And I said, hey, I love to hear that. I'm yeah. a, I'm a newer dad. I've got a three year old, and okay. it's something when I'm like, if I ever had to go on tour, I would want my 
priorities to align as well and do the right thing for that kind of stuff. Well, I miss a lot of birthdays, but this is going to be her 16th birthday. Wow. So I'm not what, missing that one. What does yeah, that feel like? I love my daughter. She's so freaking cool. And everyone's like, when I tell my people my daughter's 15, they're like, they go, ooh, and they make that face like, right. oh, is it rough? And I'm like, no, my daughter's a sweet kid. And You're like, lucky. Yeah, she's a good That's kid. That's awesome. Does she enjoy your music or not? just not there yet? She knows... She's a musician herself. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Um, she knows there's, like, talent there. But, like, she'll come out to our shows and stuff. But she doesn't. She just loves me for me. She doesn't care about the band. Like, her, like, her friends and stuff, like, they have no idea how cool her parents are. You know that's what I mean? What like, I, listen, I don't know. I was When I was 15, if my dad was a front man for a, a bigger metal band, I'd be like, yo, guys. Look how cool this is. Yeah. Like, I, I would cloud care. chase forever. And yeah. that's, that's cool. Yeah. That's she cool. doesn't care. And it's so, she's like the sweetest. So, do you have any advice for somebody like myself who has a three year old? What, what could, what can you give me? Not even from, from a, you know, professional musician standpoint, but just being a dad. What, what is something I can uh, learn in the next shit 13 years until I get to that point? Well, I can tell you this this is what I learned from my wife. Because the only reason I'm a good father is because my wife's a, a great mother. Mm. Um, patience and love. That's be patient, soft-spoken, be kind, and be loving. And the results you'll get are, like, ama they're, they're amazing. Like, we never, I never even have, like, I've never even raised my voice to my daughter. Like, it's, she, she, we're just super patient with her, and she's a sweet kid with like a very strong moral compass i'm very proud of my daughter that's cool and you said she's a musician did, did she take that on because of you or is that something she did on her own well her mom's a musician too. oh wow so that's a whole thing whole family ordeal listen on paper i'm the one with the freaking billboard charting records and i got the the placards and all that shit sure. in her house and it's like yeah on paper i'm the 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 musician but in reality my wife's way more talented than i am same with my daughter. My daughter picked up playing the guitar, like, so freaking fast. She learned how to play and sing so fast. Wow. My wife's side of the family, they're all musicians. They're all bluegrass musicians. They can all sing. Bluegrass, huh? Yeah, they're badass Whoa. musicians. Because that's some... We talk, you know, when you talk about progressive metal and, 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 and mm -hmm. the technicality on that, it's nothing compared to bluegrass. Bluegrass is, is really awesome. It's insane. Yeah. You watch banjos, mandolins, the vocals. Mm-hmm. Just pick it's it. a whole different. It's yeah. a whole different vibe. I know. I've been playing guitar for twenty three years, and I pick up a go to guitar center, try to pick up a banjo and play it like a it's guitar. Weird, yeah. It's not the same no. at all. Yeah, that's so cool, man. All right. Well, hey, I appreciate you coming on today. Hey, thanks for having um, me. Have an awesome show. I can't wait to see you guys. I think the last time I saw you guys was actually here for the. Uh, Ashley Dying Emir package. Oh, cool. Yeah. That was uh, 2019, I want to yeah. say, before everything went to shit. Yeah. And then it got better again. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Appreciate you coming on. Thank and uh, uh, before we get off, tell me, tell the fans where they can check you out. Where you can check your personal socials or the band socials? Uh, you can, it's easy. After the burial, we're everywhere, uh, you know, on all the socials. Uh, I, you can find me on there too. My, I'm Stay Gold Ant. Uh, oh, I love on, it. like Instagram and <laughs> whatever else if you want to find me. Dope. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me.